Welcome to Whoology, a real-world theology podcast that breaks down episodes of Doctor Who, hosted by myself, The Fizz, and my lovely Whovian wife, Laura. Oh, hi! This is episode three, and on this episode, we are talking Robot of Sherwood, episode three of season eight. And joining us is a special guest... Special. Special. Super special. Um, Mark... Zany uh, sound effects like oh walking in the door. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, banging on the table. That's the worst sound effect. Um, anyway, it's uh, guest Mark Wingerter. Mark Wingerter. For those of you who listen to Real World Theology, you're probably very familiar with him. He also is they, on the they know who I am. The zero 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 <laughs> episode of Whoology, the one we actually did for Real World Theology. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so like I said, we're talking Robot of Sherwood. This is the third episode. We're getting a little more Peter Capaldi. We're getting like him as the doctor. Like, we're getting more of him entering into what he is. More is better. And it seems that, I mean, most of the reviews are really, really favorable. I don't think I've read anybody who has anything negative to say about his performance as the Doctor. No, that's true. And I would say, furthermore, that he is hearkening it back to a time that we've long missed having younger dudes... You know, being way too energetic, you know, way too happy. Um, I don't want to make it sound like a bad thing, but he is definitely. I think people who like the show before it got rebooted are probably finding some that middle ground. Yeah, with, with Peter Capaldi. Oh, yeah. So, so Robot of Sherwood. We we combine Robin Hood. We combine Doctor Who. How did you like it, Mark? You're the guest. You get to go first. Oh wow, I get to go first. Um, <laughs> I loved it. It wasn't my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, I think what the, was Into the Dalek. I think okay. would be my favorite. Um, but this, I mean, you know, and this one was a lighter, more f- just funny, humorous kind of episode. And I, you know, I don't know how you can go wrong with that in Doctor Who. I mean, it's super entertaining. It was really, really funny. So I, they set out to. It's kind of like you know the first two episodes. First episode had its, you know, what it had to do with introducing the Doctor. The second one was a little heavier, getting into the kind of the, the danger of the Dalek kind of thing. And um, this one was just like, we need a light moment, mm-hmm. and it was a perfect light moment. And so uh, it was like, it was like eating pudding, pudding, <laughs> sweet, delicious pudding, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it too. I think. <clears throat> There was a little bit of a breakdown for me in that the stakes didn't feel very high, and I like that. I like to have that in my story. Um, I like that grounding a story. Um, But yeah, the stakes were not very high in this one, but it made me laugh a lot. And um, it actually kind of made me, just in thinking about trying to evaluate this episode, I felt like I just kept getting big picture. Because it made me think about why I like Doctor Who and can you categorize different types of episodes, like the adventure one-off episodes versus like the uh, gritty, deep um, episodes. And so most of my thoughts about this episode kind of took me to that place, which I can talk about more (laughs) if (laughs) if there's time. It's a little bit more big picture than it is specific episode. That's cool. Um, but anyway, I did enjoy it. There yeah. were a lot of great lines. I mean, we were laughing out loud. It was mm-hmm. it was fun. We were indeed laughing out loud. <laughs> LOL. Which which was weird. I guess we haven't really it hasn't settled in that this season is darker. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's been getting darker for like a season and a half now. 
And I, I almost forgot that I was supposed to laugh at Doctor Who a lot hmm. more. Not just kind of chuckle or be like, did you hear that line? It was so clever. Yeah. You know, but like laughing out loud. So that was really great. Um, I, I would also say that probably wasn't my favorite episode. We've only, we're only three episodes in, so yeah, yeah. you know, not a lot to choose from. But Into the Dalek probably was my favorite episode mm-hmm. so far. Um, this is probably my second favorite episode, though. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we've already kind of hit on that it's not a overarching theme heavy episode we do get the little, little blip on the radar uh, of promised land like promised land um, so it's it is tying in I think everyone was on the edge of their seat waiting for Missy to show up mm-hmm. at any particular time oh yeah and we never had that happen so there, it was a good choice so yeah but yeah. It, it didn't really and it brings up a lot of questions that we may or may not have time to get to because we only see certain like we haven't seen any robots go to the promised land yet we've seen half it like robot half humans go to the promised land mm-hmm. but you have to you know what and the promised land may be an actual planet um, based on uh, the screen that the we saw screen, yeah, um, and, and I think one of, the, one of the coolest things about this episode is that it actually had a picture of Patrick Troughton mm-hmm. who played the second doctor um, in a Robin Hood costume from his time on the BBC playing Robin Hood yeah. so you know there's lots of these things there's yeah. lots of callbacks to Robin Hood kind of like oh yeah it's Robin Hood Robin mm-hmm. Hood and there's lots of callbacks to the history of Doctor Who and they meshed them pretty well it's an episode by Mark Gaddis so mm-hmm. you know pretty well written I think the birds say Gaddis oh Gaddis 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 well that's why we're Amer- that's why we're Americans yeah that's our apostrophe Americans Mark Gaddis Mark Gaddis um <laughs> So I didn't even. I wonder if Steve. We just watched that documentary the other day that have had Stephen Moffat and him talking, mm-hmm. and I, they never said each other's names. They just referred to each other as geniuses. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's this one? Um, I saw him introduced on the pre-show to the uh, premiere episode on BBC America, and they said Gatus. So oh well, that dude like, well, that guess... comes on after every episode, and he's like, well, "Thanks for watching the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Up next is something crazy." Yeah, and I'm like, so I assumed he would say Gatus yeah. because he could. He probably couldn't say Gatus. <laughs> Up next, another show by Morgatis. You know, he couldn't yeah. say Gatus. Yeah, Gatus. So he had to say it like that. And that's been my really bad British accent. But then again, that's what I think of the dude who comes on and tells us what's next on the BBC. But so, so I think we already, you know, we all are in fair agreement that this wasn't, you know, the most theologically heavy episode, especially compared to the first two. But there's lots of stuff about identity mm-hmm. and who the Doctor is, yeah. and we have that going through all the episodes, and by extension, who heroes are. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and why we believe in them. You know, Claire's in that driver's seat for us again by being the one that's, like, believing in the heroes just out of just sheer giddy, uh, I, I'm, I'm in love with the, you know, this mm-hmm. idea of a, of a hero that can, you know, sweep me, sweep me off my feet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it goes deeper than that. But she's, she's you know, uh, in this kind of, like, uh, showing us that the Doctor is kind of an impossible hero as he's pointing out to her Robin Hood's an impossible hero. So mm-hmm. you see the kind of, like, uh, how the theme is working. But uh, it was really interesting to kind of... I like that they left it at... Yeah, you know, I was trying to figure it out in the end, and, and my wife and I were talking about it, like, uh, so are they saying Robin Hood was actually real or hmm. not? And I like that they just left it. Yeah. You know, they just said, well, you turn into legend. And so, you know, we don't really know, you know, necessarily, because mm-hmm. um, history can be rewritten and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like that they approached it that way and said, 
he's a he's a legend, too kind, <laughs> you know, as he comes strolling. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah he, that's uh, thematically they left it that mm-hmm. at he's a legend, and you know we believe in these impossible heroes like the Doctor. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the positive spin on it too on heroes because I think when. Um, when you're introduced to some of these iconic heroes, you could go one of two directions. You could, and I think people tend to go the darker direction where they say, well, this person isn't who you think they are. Like there's, there are skeletons in their closet or they're not as great as all that. Or, you know, the story's made them bigger than they were. Um, but everything in this episode was so over the top, was really like overplayed, which yeah. was great because mm-hmm. it was so tongue in cheek that everything was, they could be as ridiculous as they wanted to, and you would totally buy it, hook, line, and sinker. Especially uh, Ramen Hit. I mean, like, every time he laughed, it was just so ridiculous, but you were laughing because... He did the, he did the ha-ha me. that nobody does <laughs> yeah. in real life. Ha-ha! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and yeah, I was thinking, well, he's a larger-than-life character, so play it larger-than-life, you yeah. know, like... And and throughout the whole thing, they never there was never like a oh yeah we're proving he's really very human he you know he has his weaknesses he just was the hero he, he just, just was heroic he was Robin Hood as you see um, him yeah yeah I like that we didn't have to say oh by the way the world sucks most of the time and yeah. things are not what they seem to be it was just like you know what people have heroes and there's a reason and they keep them fighting which is interesting because that's what this doctor has been trying to do a lot so far it's just mm-hmm. kind of say. Uh, I'm scary. The world is scary. Uh, you should stay away from me. You know, curmudgeon, curmudgeon. Don't banter. Why do I don't like, you know, I don't like banter. Please, no. You know, that kind of thing. And he's just kind of trying to bring this, like, reality to every situation. Robin Hood's just Robin Hood. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's just this larger-than-life hero. And it's almost like they're setting up that the doctor is going to come to some realization that it's okay to be the doctor. Hmm. Like, he's he's kind of not okay with being himself right now. Yeah. And being what he... Living with what he has done and and all the mistakes he's made and and so that's why we're getting these kind of snippets of like you know Claire was like you know he's like well, when did you start believing in impossible heroes she's like you know she's standing there <laughs> yeah. yeah her impossible hero is saying this to her and she's like you know kind of uh, s- struck by that to say mm-hmm. don't you know you know mm-hmm. so well and I like the this concept based on the conversation that Robin Hood and the Doctor have right at the end that. The Doctor almost wants to not be referred to as a hero. Like, he doesn't want to be referred to as a legend. Like, he he doesn't see himself that way. Mm. And typically people who don't branch out or take risks, they never have a chance to become the hero. And Robin Hood's almost like, go, 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 do your thing Mm -hmm. and do it big and do it long. And hopefully someone will you know turn us you know both into legends mm-hmm. you know maybe we'll we'll be deserving of it um and I, it really seems like he's calling the doctor to just embrace who he is and like i said if he's going to air air boldly yeah. you know yeah. so you know walk into it um the the other thing that i was thinking is there's this concept and both of you've kind of hit around it and it's one of those things where if we weren't doing a show uh, on theology and Doctor Who, I might not try to bring it up or squeeze it in there. But Split the arrows, Mike. But I'm splitting them. Split them in twain. I've <laughs> in twain! <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's hap- what, what I saw happening was the Doctor being vehement that things that seem larger than life or things that are legends or you know tall tales, they don't exist. They have to be grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And if our overarching theme 
has something about the promised land or heaven and Missy. I feel like all of these things are when people talk about science and stuff, they dismiss these automatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's a legend. That's something that people tell themselves, you know, to so they can, uh, you know, sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even describes, like, or, like, the doctor in the middle of the episode comes to the conclusion that Robin Hood has to be a robot because in an oppressive regime, you need something that makes you feel like right. there's hope. You, you need the opiate yeah, of the masses. Right. Yeah, you need the opiate of the masses. And so if you take that and you take a step back and you look at what he's really saying, there's going to be a part, there's got to be an episode, you know, down the road where he's like heaven you know heaven isn't real mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and then this little kid's gonna come on and be like heaven is real heaven is not for real yeah. <laughs> heaven is definitely not for real um so I feel like he's being slowly shown that just because something seems too good to be true doesn't necessarily mean it is too good to be true yeah. and if we reflect on that I think personally we that's one of the things we come up against you know when you when you talk to someone who doesn't have faith in any kind of you know larger being whether it's you know the christian god or anything um mm-hmm. hyper spiritual mm-hmm. like they're like i need evidence yeah you just tell yourself that so you can sleep at night so you don't feel bad about you know losing your grandparent or your you know your parent or you hopefully no one closer but you know like right. whatever happens yeah. you're just you're just it's a bedtime story and this episode kind of says Sometimes bedtime stories are real. Mm -hmm. And like what Laura pointed out, one of the best things about this episode is the fact that Robin Hood, he's not just like a cool guy whose tails get bigger and bigger and bigger. Robin Hood is already over the top. Like his tails can't be bigger than all the crazy stuff Mm -hmm. he's doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like you said too, Mark, at the end, it's not, I mean, I think we obsess about like proving our beliefs, but in the end, we're not really sure. I mean, because... Mm -hmm. Although it, it got a little buried because of some of the cut scenes, the um, the sheriff was a robot, and you couldn't tell that he was a robot. So maybe Robin Hood was a robot, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that at the end there was, I don't know, there were some there were some positive like things that came out of their interaction. Um, there were positive things about him without having to say, "Okay, let's figure it out." Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I think just kind of hitting on what you were saying, Mikey, just about, um, you know, there being this kind of idea of an opiate of the masses and the doctor's very negative about that, whereas Robin Hood's just like, you know, history's a burden, you know, legends make us fly, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think that that's that's really interesting to kind of point out that, you know, and I think as much as as in Doctor Who in general on the show, they want to point out that, uh, you know, uh, they want to kind of, Insinuate that maybe God doesn't exist, and you know, there's this, you know, uh, uh, the universe is dangerous, and, mm-hmm. and life is is hard. Um, they are creating a, a myth and a legend that does a lot of good, and so it kind of, it, there's definitely that parallel there. It, it hits on a little bit in this episode, um, but I, I loved it that they left it with, "Remember, Doctor, I'm just as real as you are," mm-hmm. because I thought that was very kind of a meta look at the whole thing to say that if. Robin Hood could be real could the doctor be real Mm -hmm. and you know they leave it as like this is a good thing so I think it might it would be easy to say I don't know I I think you could look at that by saying oh so at the end we're just saying it doesn't matter if it's real or not if it makes us feel good Um, and I think there may be a little bit of that there but I think too that I mean the more the longer I live and the longer I live a Christian life I feel like the less and less I I know for certain. Maybe that will rattle a few people's yeah. cages. Yeah. But I just, I, I come to appreciate that there's mystery 
and that there are things that I'm not ever going to know fully know or understand and I have to kind of I have to wrestle with that and I have to sit in a place of trust at the end and so for me um, that's that's where I come to at the end of the episode is to say I may not fully understand everything or be able to prove everything but um, that you know I've come to this place of trust and I feel like if I mean if that's the place that like a secular show can come to that's positive then I'm I'm okay with that yeah. <laughs> you know well they're definitely yeah I mean they're definitely driving home this idea of uh, just a lot of religious symbolism and the themes of like what what could actually exist as far as an afterlife, a promised land, uh, um, you know, you notice that the robots that were in this episode, what they shot out of their, their face or was whatever they did was a cross. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of, like, religious imagery that was just kind of there in the medieval t- ages. The, the, uh, the Middle Ages kind of had that, you know, religious imagery there anyway because of the church. And, uh, you know, it, I think looking at, like... Uh, when the doctor's, you know, the doctor keeps using this putted, pudding-headed primitive. You know, he mm-hmm. called the sheriff a pudding-headed primitive for having these aspirations of world domination, um, and, and kind of having this like all of a sudden like supernatural belief outside of what is was the natural world. Um, he's using that a lot, especially like when he was talking to the the half-faced man in the first episode to say that you, you've just absorbed this kind of superstition of the masses, mm-hmm. you know, just because you've been you know changing out body parts and you've obviously picked up some kind of spirituality in there <laughs> somewhere. You're just a pudding-headed primitive, you know. Uh, and so it's interesting that they're making that point, but saying that there is a promised land, and so it's interesting to kind of see where they're going to go with that mm-hmm. to you know play with this idea of like well. What if a promised land actually is? What does that look like? And, you know, right now we can only come up with theories. And what evil woman is in charge of it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that could go south. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. So the good good news is, I guess, for people who are people of faith, is that they're actually treating like something else could be possible. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be ultimate letdown because it's going to be probably like an evil place. Right. Well, um, I mean... So, so far we've seen two people make it to heaven, and one of them was an enemy that the doctor was fighting against, and one of them was an ally he was fighting with, who sacrificed her life for him. So, I mean... I noticed that those two people died because of the doctor, and so I'm, I'm, I'm... Feeling like she's some kind of enemy of his, or he has made her an enemy. He mm-hmm. knows her. Cause she called him his uh, her boyfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking that they have a history, and so she is going to because he's talking. You know, they're talking about like a lot of the mistakes that the doctor has made, mm-hmm. and I need to do something about that. Well, it's like they're building to say that there's a lot of people that have died because of the doctor. Yeah. Over the you know over the, especially over this uh, series, you know, um, and so maybe she's collecting. I'm, I wonder if they're going to bring people back from other episodes that have died because mm-hmm. of the doctor but that's the kind of point that they're making that it almost seems like she's collecting them to kind of hurl back at him yeah at, at some point mm-hmm. but they're all gonna stand up and be like it was worth it just to yeah. the doctor yeah well, <laughs> um, we can write this stuff no. <laughs> never that easy not with uh, Moffat no. right um, so I guess the the only other one, uh, one of the only other things I wanted to touch on was this theme of the doctor's identity and how even though this one episode did not seem um, overarchingly thematically in line with the first two episodes they all are telling us things about the doctor um so what what have we learned about the doctor from his encounters in the first couple well, of did, any, did anybody else pick up that 
the banter between Robin Hood and the Twelfth Doctor felt like banter between the Twelfth Doctor and the Eleventh Doctor. Hmm. Because Robin Hood, the way he was acting and all this banter and all this silliness and all this zaniness was a lot like Matt Smith. Hmm. And, well, I mean, really. And so I, I picked up that there was kind of like, this was a little bit of the of the Twelfth Doctor seeing that personality that he once had or previously had in the Eleventh Doctor and all that kind of what that took him to, the loss, and, you know, I think each Doctor deals with the loss that they had to deal with of the last Doctor. Um, and so I think he's really, really fighting against all of the characteristics that he and personas that he's had in the past. That's why he's curmudgeonly, that's why he's mm-hmm. um, kind of caustic and not uh, so easily accessible and so friendly and so safe. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, especially with this kind of banter with Robin Hood and what we've kind of seen from him, um, with Clara and and the points that he's been trying to make about himself, uh, I picked that up in in this episode. But I think they're over overarchingly he's fighting against what he's always been mm-hmm. and trying to determine. You know, he's saying I'm not. A, you know, I'm not a hero. I'm not a hero. Mm-hmm. I don't think Matt Smith would have said I'm not a hero. Matt Smith would have been like, okay, that's your opinion. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because Matt Smith, I think, was a lot more heroic than the twelfth so has been. You're saying Matt Smith has like the Jesus approach. I'm a hero. Uh, I don't want to comment on that. What do your people say I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's interesting. So, yeah, he so he says that he's not a hero in this one. And the one before, I felt like there was a pretty distinct moment where he's, he's kind of um, wrestling with the fact that he's been kind of characterized as a soldier before. And now he's rejecting, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of viewpoint. He's rejecting sh- soldiers. So... So maybe he's going around saying all the things he's not <laughs> yeah. in order to discover what he really is. Well, he's, you know, as like in the end of the Dalek, he was so quick to give up. Mm-hmm. And he's so quick to give up on people right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, I don't think he's accepted any um, characteristic that people have spoken about him mm-hmm. in these three episodes. I don't think he's said, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's me. No, he just says I'm the doctor, but he, it's almost he doesn't even say it convincingly anymore. Yeah, you know, like he's proud of it, or like claiming that title. Yeah, I mean, it's like he doesn't even. It's like he doesn't even know what it means. Hmm. You know, he doesn't even know who, because it's like he's he's still like from the first episode when he was like the whole part where he's like looking at himself with the homeless guy and looking at himself in the mirror and mm-hmm. saying, you know, who frowned this face? Look at these eyebrows, you know. Um, you know, I'm Scottish. Uh, you know, like that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, I, and I love that he's Scottish, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just interesting that he's kind of anti what the Doctor has been or what we've come to accept from the Doctor for the past, you know, uh, run of this series. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, I'm loving it. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I really, I mean, I know people have not like some of the episodes whether you know whether you're on the you like the robot of Sherwood but you didn't like the you know the initial episode or vice versa like for the most part the series has been getting really positive reviews mm-hmm. it seems like it's in a much better direction than kind of season 7 was there for a while trying to wrap up all of the storylines of Matt Smith so we have lots of hope Moving into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's wrap this up like we typically do. So, uh, you know, it wasn't your favorite episode. No, it was none of our favorite episodes. So, of course, we have minor, minor kerfuffles. 
Yeah. Or so, were we doing the parts we didn't like? Yeah, first? didn't like some. Mark, what, what, what didn't you like about this episode? Well, the villain wasn't really, you know, convincing. There was no stakes, and mm-hmm. I mean that. Well, that's he did kill also, the guy. He did kill the guy. Yeah, he did. And, and there were people getting melted. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's stakes, but the 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 tone of it didn't make you feel the stakes. Right. You know, like when a Cyberman converts somebody to a Cyberman and like they or they like they kill somebody or they melt somebody, usually you feel it. Yeah. For whatever reason they try to make the Cybermen very even though they're, you know, kinda boneheaded, uh, they they make them feel very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Daleks as well. But these robots even though they were killing people, mm-hmm. they didn't really feel all that dangerous. And so that therefore the, the sheriff didn't feel all that dangerous. And mm-hmm. it was you know, it was following the Robin Hood story, so you know that the sheriff of Nottingham's gonna get defeated. Yeah. But still there was no like, you know, no stakes. Good. I was gonna ask a question, but that's <laughs> I'll ask it after. Yeah, I agree with that. And like <clears throat> the sheriff tends to be kind of this bumbling fool. He's he's kind of an idiot. He's really single-minded um so i mean it felt like he was supposed to be this real like dark villain because he wants to like take over the whole world but then he's like punching robots like and hurting his hand and like which kind which felt true to what i feel like i know of the sheriff from the legend but um I mean, it just kind of was all over the place. And I agree. Like, I, I didn't even really... Okay, so the, the uh, sheriff wanted to take over the world, so he was using the robots to achieve that end. But what what did the robots... Was their motivation, you know? I, so I just felt like, yeah, that... The fact there were no stakes really did. Um, it brought down the episode for me. Hmm. Well, I think the biggest thing for me was, even though... I would say I was laughing out loud for like 75% of the interactions between Robin Hood and the Doctor. Somewhere in the middle of the episode, the middle of the two-thirds of the episode, when they were still like arguing, mm-hmm. I just got tired of it. Yeah. I was like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Hey, but it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I say it's a dislike, it didn't make me not like the episode or anything. Yeah, like I, yep. but I think the stakes, you know... Uh, the stakes weren't high, but they didn't necessarily need to be high. So I kind of, you kind of could see that going in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say the the thing that it did was when they're in the dungeon and they're obviously arguing, like, and the guard comes to take Clara as the leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was obvious. Like, there wasn't even a question. Yeah. Like, because it was it was a little too over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it should have been something that we had to like guess at and think we were going to be right. But we, you know, you didn't have to guess. You're like, oh, they're obviously going to come pick Clara because yeah. they've done this to the nth degree. Yeah. So, eh, you know, there there have been some very on the nose moments in the series for me so far. But you know, nothing that's ruined the series for me. And this is just, I think, the continuation of that. I was also disappointed we didn't see what he was eating with his spoon. Oh. We didn't oh. see, right? It's probably pudding. I mean, it's probably <laughs> well. It was. It looked like yeah, whipped cream, or food? it looked like whipped cream, or something. It's probably leftover from something. Yeah, I, I I feel like I was wondering if I missed something, but you know I've seen it twice, so I didn't. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, did, and what what did everybody think about the the golden arrow hitting the engine perfectly? And I was like, I think that works. <laughs> well, sure. it's just kind of par for the course by the end of yeah. it. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I mean at that part it would seem a little so over the top, so ridiculous that you're like. Three of them shoot the bow together. Okay, whatever. Sure, yeah. you know. Sure. It, like I said, it, it was it was one of those uh, single adventure, you know, kind of episodes where 
wacky things were going to happen, yeah. and I could stop and be like, that didn't make any sense. I'm perfectly cool with the dude who can travel in time and space in a police call box, <laughs> yeah, but right. shoot an arrow shoot at an arrow thing, to that's patient. where I got a problem. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and kind of what I was saying at the beginning about like how this episode made me kind of evaluate my experience of watching Doctor Who, it reminded me that this is a show that appeals to a wide range of people for a lot of different reasons, and I love that about this show. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there are there are parents watching this with their kids, which is awesome, you know, and, and kids are loving this show, and so I think it's okay for some things to be accessible to some people and, you know, not accessible to others. It's just the way the show is. It leaves it open for the show can... The, each episode can be something completely different mm-hmm. than the last. You know, like it can the be, next episode. Yeah. Right. Which looks like right. it's going to be like a horror story. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And it, it can be a mystery. It could be a horror. It can be an adventure. It, it's just... It, it, that works for any TV show, really. But this... It's just a lot of fun with the Doctor. Yeah. Well, let's close by saying what we liked about this episode. So, Mark, what that did you really like about this episode? Uh, a ton of stuff. Um, I really <laughs> love. Fire. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I love the spoon, uh, and I mentioned before I like the line. Um, Remember, Doctor, I'm just as real as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, that really kind of like you know takes you out of it for a minute to say, oh, how how real is the Doctor? Um, and I really liked. I loved uh, Peter Capaldi, uh, his performance when he was in the uh, the realm of Robo- uh, of Robin Hood, where they were kind of like you know introducing the the Merry Men, and mm-hmm. Clara was having a good time, and he's like being this like uh, real reality guy, like what's going on here? Yeah. And he's like, and I forget they said something then, yeah, about the guy he had taken the dis- saw the diseases in yeah. the in the syringe, and he yeah. was like, or six months in your case, you know, cause he knows he's gonna live like six months. I just I love that whole I love that whole scene you know you'll be dead in six months if you're real well I am real bye bye (laughs) bye yeah yeah it was really that was that was as as bantery and as playful as the as he's been as the doctor so far so that was fun yeah that was my favorite part too yeah (laughs) I don't know what else to add on that but I mean um, just in the theme that we've talked about like trying to. <laughs> trying to evaluate what we believe in and is it true or not true. Um, the doctor reminded me of myself in that moment, you know, like being really suspicious of everything. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it not really mattering, you know. But I love when he takes a bite of the apple and then <laughs> and then uses the sonic speech. <laughs> he's trying to like it. figure out what's going on, like every yeah. little thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just real skeptical and. And in a way, you know, he finds out that he was right, but that it didn't matter. You right. Know, like, he was right. There's radiation leaking, and everything's too green. Everything, something's wrong. But mm-hmm. then he realizes he was wrong about some things, and then ultimately, it doesn't matter. I love that he gave Robin Hood the gift of, of Marion or whatever that, mm-hmm. that whole little scene was. It's good. Well, I, I like the fact that um, he goes out of his way to come up with some elaborate explanation just to explain something that he doesn't want to believe in. When, like, the answer, you know, Clara's like, the answer is obvious. <laughs> and I feel like that's what happens with us lots of times. Like, people will use all kinds of things to explain, you know, faith or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, happenstance. Um, I don't want to get too hokey, but even, you know, miracles, things like that, they'll go, they'll, you know, find like these ridiculous ways to, like, scientifically explain them when, like, the answer is, j- it can be simple sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the harder you work against it, you're just going to feel sillier when you get to the same conclusion. Yeah. Um, so, not that things shouldn't be, you know, analyzed and look and put through, put through the glass, take the blood of, mm-hmm. sonic screwdriver. But at uh, the end, everything requires some kind of leap of faith. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. 
So um, my favorite part was probably uh, it was a tie between the spoon fight um, on the log and um, the archery contest. Yeah. Because I love uh, I love Capaldi's demeanor right now, where he's an, an exceptionally impatient and irritated. Yeah. For some reason, that's working for me right <laughs> yeah. now. Because you know, especially after the fact that he admits that he cheated yeah. in the archery <laughs> contest, I was like, ha. Huh? Yeah. Um, but then when he just like went around and shoots again, and he finally just takes a sonic screwdriver, blows up the target. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's something you would not have seen. Um, well, that's what you're talking about in the jail cell, like wanting wanting to see a scene and to not be able to guess what's happening next. Yeah. And yeah. so they they did the whole first part of the archery contest like you would expect it to go, and then yeah. suddenly, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so you can even use his patriot arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> so yeah. So overall, great episode. Um, Spoiled but, myself. I loved when he did that too. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're we're unfortunately at time though. So I wanted to give Mark a chance to uh, you know let you know how you can get a hold of him. Uh, follow anything he does real quick before Indeed. we uh, sign off. Twitter, it's Mark Wingdinger, and uh, you can watch or, or read what I write on uh, realworldtheology.org.com. Dot com. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so again, you know, we want to thank Mark for taking the time to to be our our first guest on Whoology. Uh, And if you want to connect with the show, go to realworldtheology.com slash whoology. Uh, Download the show on iTunes, rate and review the show. Uh, Let's get more people listening. Let's let's get more people really talking about the the coolest themes and just woven narratives that are in one of the coolest science fiction shows that's that's still running on TV today. So do that. Uh, if you don't like something we said, if you love something we said, if you just think we missed something. Yeah, Mary Peacock. Yeah. Uh, put it put it <laughs> put it in the com- you know, put it put it in the comments. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, like let's have Mary. a discussion in the comments. <laughs> whoever you may be. Um, I mean, we've already had a couple comments. They've been really great. Um, yeah. and like I said, uh, trying to narrow this down to 30 minutes, we're gonna miss something. Um, And we just love talking about this so much. So, for now, until next episode, we're we're reminding you to always take a banana to a party. Cheers. Bye-bye. Later.